Blog Talk Radio. Uh-oh, where's our sound? Well, I'll just have to do this. Welcome to the podcast for the 21st century for military spouses, by military spouses, about military spouses and their world. Welcome to another edition of the critically acclaimed, always fresh, never boring, Military Spouse Spouts. Here's your host, Susan Reynolds, and co-host, Dave Etter. That's your cue, Susan. Okay. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Good afternoon. It is. It is. We got Spouse Spouts episode number 48. No one likes a bully. No one likes a bully. No one no. likes a bully. Okay. But what? So, okay. First of all, first of all, I want to get a couple of little businessy things out of the way. How hot is it over there in Europe right now? Because I have heard from a friend of mine, another friend over there, that it is so unbelievably hot. That she's ready it's, to melt. It's a roller coaster. Some days okay. it gets up to a hundred degrees. Holy and man. like today it's uh right now, which is probably the hottest part of the day, it's only seventy one right now. What? Oh, that's so <laughs> typical Germany. Yeah, if we get a thunderstorm rolls through, I'm telling you what, it cools everything off and it stays that way for a couple of days. But like most everybody who's been in Germany knows, Germany does not let go of its moisture in the soil. So as the temperature goes up, so does the humidity, and yep. it gets pretty ugly. Uh, you have to yep. capture, capture that cold air in the morning. Open, open up all your windows in the morning, catch that cold air in the morning, seal your house off, and just wait out the rest of the day. There is oh, no yeah. A.C., in, in That's right. I re- oh, I remember. I remember. It was. It used to get really hot there in the summers. My parents, when they lived over there and they were stationed out at Sunbox, had this really great house, right? And it had a um, a subterranean level that it opened out into their backyard. But that that area stayed nice and cool in the summers yes. because, of course, most of it was subterranean, right? Yeah. So they would just move from the top of their house down to the bottom of the house in the summer because it would just get so hot that they couldn't take it. Yeah. The ground does not give up the water that easy. So, no. so it was nice and cool down there and uh, they would go upstairs, they would make their food and then they would come right back downstairs because it was just too hot. <laughs> uh, yep. Well, Hey folks. So I remember that. I remember, and we've got it happening here too, Dave. So. Oh yeah. Those tuning in, you need to jump on and contact and, and call in because we want to hear your opinions, what you have to say about it. The phone number three two three eight seven zero four three five eight. We're gonna talk bullying. I know that there it's it's unfortunately prevalent in the yeah. world and but the question is is what is a bully? What constitutes a bully? When are we mislabeling bullies? In my opinion, that's that's to me is the big thing. There's a lot of things that people are calling bullying when all they're doing is just voicing how uh, <clears throat> the bully is not being a bully, but the bully is being assertive and being the leader or the 
the boss, as the case may be, but um, but are not actually bullying. That's a leadership style. So when is it not leadership well, style? Exactly. And that's the thing. And I think um, in this day and age, and I think that, um, and, and people are like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, you know, there's just so many bullies. First of all, bullying has been happening pretty much since Forever. the dawn of time. Because the definition of the word bully, okay, is a person who uses strength or power to harm or intimidate those who are weaker. Um, did, did you know that it, uh, until recently, bullying is limited only to kids? Yes, I believe that. I, yes. Up through young adults, that, it, that there is no, that bullying in adults didn't exactly um, exist. I think we it thought it went away and it became it, something no, else. It, be, it becomes something different and it's not bullying. It's something completely different. It's harassment. Yes, yes. But it can be both. That's the thing. And I think that this is a really, the reason why I think this topic is important. So I really wanted to talk a lot about this. And I've wanted to for a while now on the show because it's something that we see in the military community. It happens to spouses. It happens to our kids. It happens by kids to kids. It happens by spouse to spouse. It happens from veteran and service member to spouse. And then veteran and service member to their fellow veterans and service members, right? I mean, pick the demographic. Somebody is doing it to somebody else right and then vice versa you know i mean that's just the thing that's how it you know that's unfortunately what we're dealing with and not just in the military community it's happening in quite a few places so i you know like so i remember when i was a kid there were we had two diff, we had two definitions there was peer pressure and bullying right and peer pressure was the, like, I remember having peer pressure described to me in school, and it was like somebody who, like, almost coerced you into doing something that you didn't want to do, like doing drugs or drinking or drinking and driving or doing drugs and then driving. There's always a lot of driving, well, you know, AFN commercials, right? <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, I mean, that was, you know, that was my exposure, so, um, so, I mean, or then we would get that in schools and things like that. You know, be aware of peer pressure. If somebody says, hey, let's go jump off this bridge, and you know it's a bad idea, are you going to do that, right? And we used to, that was the term, peer pressure. And but that so, wasn't peer pressure. That was not peer pressure. That was bullying. Exactly. So it's interesting, like, that was not the term that was used when I was a kid. Those were two distinct Yeah. Terms. Those were two distinct. They had. Dis, they were distinct. You know. They were. They, they had different. They still are. Yes. It, it, yes. It's, it's like. It's like what and what actually makes the difference between peer pressure and bullying is this: bullying is an individual asserting their will on somebody else, whether it be by force, or by threat, or yes. by intimidation which is different than threats because intimidation is implied whereas threats are actual verbalized or, yes, you know, exactly. actually get beat up. But peer pressure, peer pressure Here, is completely different. I got the definition. It's peer Influence pressure is from the members of what of members from one's peer group, right? That's so, right. And it's, it's so a group. So peer pressure is like the military. So our peer group is the military spouse community and it would be, some kind of influence 
be it good or bad. It could be good peer pressure if you think about it. Like if you're surrounded by people who go out and do good acts every single day, you know, that's going to be an influence as well. But I'm thinking that they only mean in the negative, you know. For peer pressure, no, uh-uh. no. Peer pressure is peer pressure. Typically, is a good thing. Uh, if you think about it, uh, political parties is a form of peer pressure. It's like-minded individuals influencing yes. as a group. Yes. And we we only use the term peer pressure when we are describing how somebody did a negative react did a negative event or a negative action because they feared the disapproval of that group, whatever that yes. group is. Yes, exactly. So, yes, that, and that was how peer pressure was described as a kid. We never really talked a lot about bullying, and we didn't have po- – if we had policies about – I don't know. I was a kid. I really wasn't paying attention. But we were encouraged to go to the counselor, you know, the guidance counselor, to the principal, the vice, the assistant principal, our teachers, and things like that if we knew – you know, if we were being pressured in any negative way, or if we were being, um, you know, bullied. And and we you were actually, almost, you know, re- I was at a DOD school, so uh, we you didn't have to remember worry. remember that? Huh? You actually remember that? Yeah. I'm not that because, old, Dave. Well, but I am, and I don't remember them ever telling us to go see a teacher, but I'm sure they did. Oh, yeah, I remember that because... Well, again, we were a small school overseas. It was, you know, it was a very unique, we had a unique set of circumstances. You know, it was a, it was different, you know. And, um, you know, so I, I remember, you know, I, so what I remember is, you know, we, so we didn't have the outside sources of us moving to civilian schools because we were in a DOD school, right? Every kid there was somehow military affiliated either by a DOD civilian parent or their parents were active duty, right? So it wasn't like, it, it, it was very different. But I remember when my friends would PCS, and of course we would write letters because the internet didn't exist back then. No. Uh-uh. Yes, and I remember us writing letters and things, especially once we got into the high school years and everything, and someone would leave, you know, going into their 10th grade year, and they'd have to come back here to the United States, and they'd start in a high school. And it was, not a it was not predominantly military it was you know it was a it was the county high school right or the local high school so there's a mix of both military and civilian kids and they actually i remember a couple of my friends saying that they felt very lost because they weren't around a lot of military kids and they felt picked on because they were so different and i you know and i and i and they didn't feel that they had the resources made available to them to go and talk to someone about it. That was the other thing that they commented on. And it's interesting that I still remember that to this day. And somewhere my mom has all those letters from my old friends, right? And, and I know just, I don't know where they are. She, I think they're in her attic, but yeah, I mean, I remember us, you know, I remember those kinds of conversations via letter, you know, and, and just, you know, them saying they didn't feel like they fit in and they felt very different and they felt picked on. And, and then, of course, it's high school, so that doesn't help. Mm. And, um, you know, and you're just in such an awkward phase of your life. You know, so I don't know. I mean, that was, you know, they didn't they never use the words bullies, though. That's what's so interesting. They never use that word. 
Right. Now, when I was a kid, we did use the word bully. And I did have a bully in my school. I remember quite well. He was a little bit smaller than I was, but he had the, you know, he would walk up to you. He would call me a name and then he would push me. And then he would tell me, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Go ahead. Take a swing. I dare you. And the other kids would come along and they would laugh and ha 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 because they didn't want to get pushed around by him either. Yep. yep. I remember those kids on the playground. They Yeah, and that they, was classic classic bullying. And yep. I uh, he considers me a friend to this day and I still will not give him the time of day. I don't blame you. He wasn't nice to you. And and on top of that, he's he turns out to be a really small guy, and I don't know the dynamic behind it, but I'm pretty sure his parents were, his dad at least, pushed him around too, much the same way. What are you trying to do? Yeah. And, and, it, and in our military life, that's not uncommon for dad, who is a military uh, superstar, you know, uh, to to come on, toughen up, boy, toughen up, boy. Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. And it's um, you know, I remember those kids, and those kids were, you know, always dealt with. That was always dealt with. You know, it it stopped quickly. It would manifest again in a different way, but it was always dealt with, right? How was but it dealt just, with? I mean, that's just it. So, I mean, like. What I remember but, was okay. With, so now being overseas, this was different, and I don't know if it's like this still with you guys. And I think your what your son is at Ramstein High School, right? My son is, yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is how it was when I was over there, and we had those kinds of incidents, and we were at the DoD schools. Man, your kid fought in school. You got in trouble. You you had suspension, but the service member was then brought before the principal as well as the parent, right? The parents were brought in. Yes. And commands oh, yes. were involved. No. Yes. So. No. I mean, not, I, it, well, not here, not, not anymore. First, typically, not the first offense. If this became, if this was a repeat offense, then we were talking bigger issues because the moment you started saying things like your child cannot be in school here, we're going to have to. It's not just going to be a suspension anymore. They are. We're going to have to tell them that they are no longer welcome at this school because. Then commands had to get involved because now we're talking nope. that this kid can't be in nope. school. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, really I'm on different. the disciplinary. I'm on the disciplinary council with Ramstein High, and what happens is when it gets to that point, when it gets to that point, well, actually before it gets to that point, it comes before us, and it is a committee of of um, other parents which, you know, every single one of us are, you know, we're either active duty or we're uh, spouses or we're retirees. But mm-hmm. it comes before that board, and that board makes the recommendation as to whether or not to wow. expel and whether or not they can come back. And the, wow. command, is, the command is not involved. The wow. parents are involved, but it's like a trial. Wow, that's really different from when I was in high school over there. And I think it's great because this actually puts the power to the parents. It puts the power to the the 
we have a vested interest in our kids becoming intelligent. Yep. You know, uh, you can have amazing brain power and a high IQ, but if you don't have anything that you can remember to fall back on, then that intelligent that that IQ is gone. So you need to have you need to have that intelligence built up. So we we deal with this now. Actually, to, I, I think I may have misspoken. Maybe the command is involved if we have decided that yes, we are going to follow the principal's suggestion to suspend somebody. Yes. And we and and so we we send that approval out. Maybe the command gets involved after that. I don't know, but I do yeah. know there is no command involved when we're at that point of kicking that kid out. Oh, I yeah, I remember that from when I was a kid in high school over there. There was this kid that was always getting in fights, always getting in trouble, and then that was it. But I he do was, know he was expelled from of, school, and because he wasn't in school over, overseas, and we had very strict rules about that, you know. And I, and I'm sure the status of forces agreement and some of the policies have changed in the last twenty something years. So, uh, but he was expelled, and because he was no longer able to go to the DoD school, a decision had to be made, and they had to do an early return of dependent on him. So his his father's command had to be involved. Well, we did there. I do recall there happening that happening to an elementary kid who uh, actually got really, really abusive to some other kids and, you know, like took a took a wrench to him or tried oh to. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> yeah, he was. And he, they they had to, to ship him and his family back to the States because Germany kicked them out of the country. Yes. And I've seen that happen, too. So. Yeah, you know it, it all depends on what how how far it gets how far it goes. But when we're dealing with bullying itself, how do you stop bullying? I mean, where do you identify bullying? And here's an interesting. This is interesting, and I'm I'm hesitant to talk about it because I it 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 the person that I'm going to talk about is not involved here anymore, and yeah. he can't. He can't defend himself to this date. He doesn't believe he did anything wrong. Well, and it's yeah. my it's my second youngest son, who's now 22, 23. I think he's living in Arizona now, <clears throat> back in Arizona. And as a kid, he was a bully. Oh he wow! Really was, but he was a bully not at school. He was a bully in his Boy Scout unit. He used to pick oh. on the other kids. And I told him time after time again, you have to stop being a bully. And he was like, I am not being a bully. They are treating me. They're, they're excluding me. They're, they're making those funny little faces. And, you know, my older brothers uh, picked on me enough that I know how to defend myself. Uh, I'm you're saying I can't defend myself. I can't say anything. What's the matter with you, dad? Aren't you going to stand up for me? It's like, I I hate to tell you this, son, but you know what? You're being a bully and it's going to bite you in the butt. They're not doing anything to you. You're provoking them to do that. You are experiencing the reaction of of, uh, some hippie parents teaching their kids how to handle you unaggressively. 
Well, I still don't oh. like it. Well, what it ended up doing was is that when it came time for him to be uh, involved in uh, the Order of the Arrow, those two boys that he used to pick on were the deciding factor, the deciding votes, and he did not get voted into the Order of the Arrow. And my son got pissed, quit scouts, and walked away. Oh, wow. Mad. Really mad. I, I believe it. And I told him, I said, do you realize now what that means? You were a bully. I tried to tell you that. It was going to bite you in the butt in the end. I don't. Well, I, I think now he understands that, but you know what? That's a painful a lesson kid, to learn. Yeah. When you're a kid, How when you're you young like him? that, you, you know, it's interesting. So um, Ian is, as you know, he's young and he has faced a bully. Um, or I don't know if it was a bully or a kid that just really, really picked on him. And so one day last year, getting off the bus, um, he, I mean, I'm standing there at the bus stop and the moment he sees me, he just starts crying. And the bus driver even said there was this girl, an older girl, you know, fourth grade girl who was really picking on him and saying some really mean things to him. Right. And she just she and I, from what I was told from other teachers, that's just what she was like, right? And I was like, okay, so we know that she it purposefully intimidates the little ones on the bus, and she's not kicked off the bus. That doesn't make sense, right? Like, what well, I don't understand what's going on here, right? You know, and I and I knew that something was wrong, so I was I told him I was like, you're not going to take the bus home anymore, you know, I. I'm, I'm going to remove you from the situation. I can come and get you. It'll be just fine. You know? And then mommy, and I told him, I said, and mommy and Ian, because we could walk, I said, we'll stop at the playground and we'll play for a little bit and have a snack and come home and do homework. It'll be fine. Right? And he loved that. Right? Of course. Who wouldn't like that when you're five years old? Yeah, really. I realized something that it, something needed to be done. So I went to the principal and the assistant principal and I was like, look, this, these are the things things she's saying to him. He's five. He's five years old. And they were just really inappropriate things. Like she, I mean, she would make comments about his dad being deployed and how he was going to die because he didn't want to come home to him and things like that. I mean, really mean, horrible things. I never, I never would think to say things like that, right? Um. Even now as an adult, I would not, I couldn't, that's not even a thought that would cross my mind to say this. Right. And I, I went to the principal and I said, it's going to be stopped or I'm going to have to escalate. And, and they just, they were like, we'll take care of it. I said, see that you do, because my next stop is to the county. That's where I'm going from, from here. See that you take care of this. My next stop is to the county, to the, you know, the county school board. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not putting up with this. Do you understand what this kid is going through? Not only is his dad deployed, but he is being picked on by, and, and this is just how it is. No, that's not just how it is. If we don't stop her behavior now, it will not stop. She will continue to behave Correct. this way. And my kid will not be the only one. How many others have been through this? And I started asking those kinds of questions. And that's when the, you could see that's when the light bulb went on. And they're like, no, you're right. Other kids have, have said something to her. And I have, I have no idea what happened to her because 
by the end of the school year, she was no longer at the school. I don't know if she was expelled, suspended, if they put her in another school or what happened, but by the end of the school year, she was gone. And I never had to say anything outside of the principal. You know, I said, you know, this is wrong. This is not how it's supposed to be. These are little children. These are he's five. And I, he's not the only one on that bus that she's like this to. No. And here's something that's really hard to deal with. And I'm talking really hard to deal with is when you bring up something that is going on with your kid, whatever it may be, to the principal, to the counselors or whatever, and they say, okay, we'll look into this and we'll deal with it. They will not get back to you because they cannot get back to you unless what they have come up with in their determinations involves your kid. You will yeah. not hear any more about it because it's, it's called privacy and they're not yes. going to tell you anything. No, and you know what? I didn't want to know what had happened. I just wanted to know that it wasn't going to continue to happen. That I want to know what happens. I mean, well, I don't want to know what happened to that kid. Like, I don't want to. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I don't want to. I'm not. I don't care about the. You know what I'm saying? I'm like how they punish or how they choose to handle it. It needs to be fair, but it needs to be just. Does that make sense? But you can't determine that until you know what they did, and they can't tell you. Yeah. No, and I get what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I guess I'm more on – okay, I retract. I'm a little on the fence on that statement. How about that, on that part? Because sometimes I don't want to know. I just want to know what's been dealt with. You know what I'm saying? Like, And they won't even tell you that. They won't even tell you that. Now, that's the part they could say, we have taken care of this issue. Okay. A little follow-up really helps out. (laughs) Yeah, but the, I, again, like I said, they're instructed by their law, the, the lawyers, yep, not yep. to say anything. That oh, the I lawyers know. will be the ones that'll tell you. Now, I, I, I got lucky. I got lucky. Um, again, it's with the, the, the second youngest, the one that <laughs> got got busted for bullying in Boy Scouts. Um, he was running around having fun with one of his friends, a friend who we weren't really sure was a friend or an enemy to him. because oh. They always were at each other's throats. It seemed like it, and they would exchange harsh words. And it really was an interesting dynamic. Turns out they were best friends. Okay. <laughs> but they were running around the school and they, and, and they were playing, uh, get the lone wolf. I think it's what they called the game. What it was is like there's a there was a group of five of them, and if four of them got together and the fifth one was not there, then that fifth one became the lone wolf, and they would jump on him and beat on him. What? Not, not nothing serious. Nothing serious. Just you know, ha ha ha. That's what you get for not hanging out with the with the gang. Well, anyway, uh, my son got caught as the lone wolf and he noticed it and he recognized what happened. So he took off. He ran. This was, you know, while they were playing and having fun and doing stuff. Um, He took off running, 
half of the group went chasing him. The other half, including the kid that, that the, the, the other half of this story is, uh, is dealing with, went running around the other way and met him on the back side of the school where they were not supposed to be. Okay. Now, oh. the back side of the school there was actually where the school buses pick up and drop off uh, one set of school buses. The other set does uh, a different area. But <clears throat> this particular area is also where parents can park and wait for their kids. And so that area stays clear of kids. They're not allowed to play in that area. And it's got – this is a, a this is a 70s and 80s building. So it's got the, the dual fire hydrant – Yeah, uh, yeah, fire yeah. Hydrant yeah that are at knee level. They're at knee level, but they're sticking out. I got the two caps on them and you pop open the cap, you stick on the hose and it, and it really keeps, it, it makes it easy for the fire department to, to, to hook up to water and douse flames, right? Smart concept, bad construction. My son went running around. He turned, he saw the one group coming one way. So he spun around and found his buddy right behind him and his buddy reached out to grab him my son tried to spin around again tripped and fell and caught his shoulder on that fire hydrant uh, connection that was sticking out and it ripped a chunk of flesh right wide open a big old flat rip he thought he he thought he was gonna die yeah I, i feel like he might die all these years later Oh, he's got an awesome scar. He tells people he was hit by a tiger or something like that. You know, this is where a shark bit me. You know, it's it's a really cool scar. It gets the girls. Um, <laughs> but he thought he was gonna <laughs> die. Uh, and 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 his buddy, when he realized what happened and with all the blood, immediately the game was over. And he's like, oh, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." The kid was so torn up. And because those two had always been in that kind of a relationship, arguing, uh, practically fighting, but not fighting, but always together, and you couldn't separate them, the school knew full good and well. And so they went after him as far as, you know, legal ramifications, blah, blah, blah. (sighs) That kid, that kid, even to this day, feels terrible about that entire incident. They are the best buddies. They, uh, it, it, it just, and the only reason I know any of the details is because that kid told me about him. Wow. And Dylan backed him up. My son backed him up because it was the truth. You know, we're friends. We're very good friends. And That's, yeah. So you see what I, that the moral of this story in the lines of bullying is, a lot of times we have people say, seeing things and saying things that are bullying. You're calling it bullying, and it's not. It's a misconception. Yes. Yes. I think too many people are too quick to jump on the this is wrong instead of taking that moment and evaluating what's going on. And we need to take a commercial break. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, and then we're going to get back to this because I think we're – yeah. I definitely wanted to continue this conversation. Okay, we'll do that. We'll be back in 30 seconds. When I'm on base, I'm known as Staff Sergeant Cooper, but at home... Daddy! Hi, Dad. Daddy! Hi! I'm known as Dad, and I wouldn't have it any other way. 
We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. And we're back. It is Spouse, Spouse, Episode 48, No One Likes a Bully. Susan and I are chatting and waiting for some people to call in. If you want to call in and put in your two cents worth, uh, maybe tell us a story about what's happened to you in the past or maybe offer some insights, please do. 323-870-4358. That phone number again, 323-870-4358. Four three five eight. You can find it on the website, or if you click the link, you can see where that's at. Please join us. Join in the conversation, and let's talk about how to how to stop bullying. Nobody, because nobody likes a bully. No one does. So, what brought us to talk about this about was last week in the Welcome Back Show. I mentioned a friend of mine who writes this phenomenal military spouse blog, and I have followed her blog off and on for you know, a couple of years now, easily. And it's, I look at it as a really good resource. Um, I know that, you know, with the military spouse blogs, a lot of people have to take some of them with a grain of salt because some of it is just stuff that there's this, I'm in this uh, military spouse blogging group where there's this one blogger that keeps ca- cropping up and she really does pilfer everybody else's blogs their blog post and then changes it to fit what she wants. So you've got to take some of it with a grain of salt and make sure that you're getting information from a reputable writer slash blogger. Right. And I, and this person, I, I, I believe is reputable. And she had found out that there was this group on Facebook dedicated to hating her, hating her blog and hating everything about her, like calls to find out where she lives (laughs) and get her phone number and stuff like that. Right. And I thought you've got to be kidding me. It's, it's ridiculous. Like it's, I like, this is the time people have. I wish I had that kind of time. I wish I had that kind of time just, you know, like hanging out so I can, you know, I, I would use it for the power of good as opposed to the power of mean, but you know, okay, whatever. Um, but that's crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Like that makes no sense. And I remember, and so it got me thinking about what she's going through and I started you know, reflecting on times where we've seen cyberbullying, especially, you know, through electronic communication, through social media, email, whatever, where cyberbullying was prevalent in the military community. And I what was it, a few years ago, there is a female E7 or E8, I think it was an E8 in the Army, where she really tackled cyberbullying in an online forum where the soldiers in there, the comments that they were writing were just awful. They were awful. I mean, threatening, um, like threatening sexual assault against a female soldier in the comments section, right? You know, very threatening, very ugly, incredibly inappropriate. And she started to, to do some research and take some names down and started capturing screenshots. And she was like, this is inappropriate. You are a soldier. You are representing the United States Army, whether you want to or not, in these forums. 
this is what you want to show America? That's what our soldiers behave like? And I thought, ooh, she's got a point. Interesting. I never would have thought about it that way. And so she received um, an, an ARCOM, an Army Accommodation, uh, Army Accommodation Medal, right? For Was she actually Yes. For this, this, you know, she, so for tackling cyberbullying, and she really sparked a lot of, um, a lot of interest in the cyberbullying realm within the army, of course, because she's mm-hmm. an army, she's a soldier, right? And I thought, gosh, that takes, she's, that's really brave because you're standing up to people that you work with, people that you live near, people that you are in the commissary with, um, you know, you're, you're, Face and your paint and your photos and your story is all over Army Times, Military Times, and you know you have now won. You've opened yourself up for more negative comments to be made to you and about you, for people to behave in a more threatening manner. Um, mm-hmm. You know all sorts of things, but she still did it. And I was thought, well, that's you know I, that kind of bravery because it is brave. It may not be the typical form of bravery, but you are taking a stand. And no matter what form bravery comes in, that's still, to me, that's courage of conviction, right? And, I like um, that, courage of conviction. Yeah, uh, she yeah, believed I'm what they so were doing was wrong. And, and, I'm and not so sure see. about bravery. I'm, I, I, I can see she's more steeled against, you know, exactly. driving Maybe home a point. Maybe bravery isn't the right word, but it's definitely courage of conviction and, and a firm belief of what the Army is and what our soldiers represent. And she's right. It got me thinking about times where you've seen, you know, articles out there about, you know, military spouses and you see all the comments coming from the trolls, right, about, you know, colonist names and everything like that, right? And, um, and I have, I, you know, it's one of those things where I'm thinking, and I wrote an article about this a couple of years ago for the Fayetteville Observer where I called it right out and I was like, you have to work alongside my spouse. Do you think he likes you when you talk about me that way? Do you think he enjoys working with you? Do you think he enjoys training with you? Do you think he enjoys deploying with you when you're talking about his spouse? Chances are probably not. And this isn't to be threatening like, oh, he's going to let something happen. No, that's not what this is. But think about the actions. When, when people make these comments, that's the stuff they need to think about, Dave. We, we work and we, co- we, we coexist with these people who are saying these things who would never say them to our faces, ever. They would never stop us in the commissary and be like, oh, hey, Dave, you big dummy. I really hate your stupid show, and I think you're awful. They would never say that to your face. In, in in the um, submarine world, I'll guarantee they would say it to my face. Yeah, in the submarine world, probably. <laughs> yeah, there's always exceptions to policy. Yeah, or I mean, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. The, the, the guys oh, I believe that, it. I think the there guys are some that yak and would. the guys that yak and make jokes and and at somebody else's expense within a unit will happily do that to other people in their unit, and they will happily receive it back. It's because they're in that particular fraternity, sorority, yes. or a yes. little, you know, that's that's their thing. That, and you the know, rapping, you, you, the you the, don't, you know, the jab, that yeah. is, uh, yeah, it's um, and, it, 
it's so, almost acceptable behavior between that unit, right? It is. It, it, well, it's it's abs- it's it's acceptable behavior within that unit or within that realm, even though on paper you're not supposed to do that. Because yes. now what we're having but, is is back in the day, back like when I was in in from the seventies. I mean, in the the, the early eighties uh, through the early nineties, the 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 people that would could have turned us in were the ones yeah. that we definitely drummed out. We we did not want them. We did not trust them. We did not like them. We did not. Uh, we witnessed that they were untrainable, and we drummed them out. Nowadays. You cannot drum them out because of the quote-unquote open-door policies. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying the open-door policies are bad. I am not saying that we should not be more politically correct within the military and in the military units. I believe that this is the day and age where we have to be careful about what we say on the lines of how it's going to affect somebody else's psyche, whether or not we're going to insult them or we're going to make them cry, because they have a mission-specific duty that they need to perform. And if we find a way to to um, have something looming over them, then what we are doing oh. is we're doing we're doing uh, psychic terrorism on them. And that's that's wrong. You don't do that. But likewise, because you're in the mess hall, and do you think somebody is just a little too politically correct trying to, you know, exert their own form of bullying by going, you can't call me that. You can't say that to me. You can't do that. They're bullying me to their way. And I can't ah. turn them in because they're going to be perceived as the ones wrong. It is a double-edged sword. And and how do you handle it? I don't know, but I do know that I'm not an overly crazy about this politically correct world. Oh, guess who's joined us in the, the chat room? Barb is there. Hi, Barb. Oh, I love Barb. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. So it's, it's, you know, and this is what I wrote in the article and I, and I actually called him right out. Um, you got to take all this, you know, you know, because this is a couple of years ago when a when a task and purpose article actually came out that really disparaged. Um, and I put in there, welcome to the CD world of spouse bullying, stereotyping and name calling, um, where this is an everyday occurrence throughout social media. You bullies, you spouse shamers, you seem to think that it's okay to treat people this way. You call spouses fat, lazy and worthless, all from the safety. From the safety. You would never oh, speak yeah. this way to a military spouse in person. And they wouldn't. They would never really now again, where you were in your job act as a as a as a you know, on the submarine, that's different. And that was a different time and we've learned and we've moved on and we've grown and progressed. But, you know, there are always going to be exceptions to those kinds of thoughts because they're just that's life, right? But yeah. the, the thing is is that again it goes back to we have to coexist with these people our kids go to school you know if the bully is if the if the child who is bullying another child is not suspended or expelled from the school 
our child has to go to school with that kid, right? Or our yes. children. Uh, we have to, again, either work with or be in the same town, in the same, on the same installation with someone who is talking like that about us. What do we do? How do we handle ourselves? You know, I mean, you know, this is, there are so many ways you can go in how to handle yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can go is. back on the attack and call it out, like that sergeant did where she called it out. Um, there was, I'll never forget this one. This one really, this one always made me, uh, I, I laughed because I wasn't sure the response, but there's a, a gamer, a video gamer in Australia, this girl, and uh, she had done a game review on YouTube and everything like that. And it was, I guess, I don't know if it was a favorable review or not of the game, but apparently some of the guys who follow her did not like what she was saying and were very threatening to her, right? <laughs> what she did, and I mean, like, Dave, they, they actually threatened to sexually assault her and murder her, like threatening to her, right? Like, mm-hmm. wow, you, you kiss your mother with that mouth, right? So what she did is she did some research on, you know, on who they are and actually called their moms and sent their moms screenshots of what they were saying. Not kidding. That's, that's funny. I oh my God. I'm sitting here. I'm just sitting here imagining the look on, your, on their face as their oh, I know. mom is on the phone going, um, Pumpkin. My son said what? <laughs> I just my listened son said to what? Your... I mean, my son, my son threatened you with what? Oh my yeah. gosh! I can just you hear know, now. I mean, calls up, calls up, son, going, um, sugar britches. <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble. Oh boy, am I going to put? I'm going to make that sugar on your sugar britches. I'm going to caramelize that with this here paddle. Wait till you come to <laughs> come to dinner. Exactly. I mean, that, and that's so that's one way of handling somebody who is like that, you know. Um, and so, I that to me, when it gets threatening to that point, when it gets really, really threatening, like you are actually afraid for your your safety and well being, right? I would call the police, right? Yeah, that's what not? I would do. Why, why not? not? Because if you are that afraid for your own personal safety and well being, call the police, yeah. right? Um, now, if it's just someone who's just, you know, making really ugly comments and being a jerk, well, you know, a lot of people, because it's online, people just, you know, like, I don't even bother to comment on some of these things. You know, like, when I see people getting all hot about certain things, I'm just like, oh, dude, I don't even comment. I just stay away from the comment section, because everybody knows now, don't read the comments. Don't read the comments, right? And it's sad that that's where we're at, because from some of those comments could come a very constructive either criticism or a support or somebody reaching out for help. Maybe I'm in the same situation, you know, you know, something, you know, and so that's kind of sad that we're taking that, that mentality. Don't read the comments because again, there could be, you know, that small chance in there, or maybe a larger chance. I don't know, maybe a medium sized chance. Li- but I like reading the comments for, uh, now, for some of the comments are really good, funny, well, but some of them are like, I, Ooh, here's what I like to do in the comments is that I can identify somebody that's really, you know, out there wrong, that's doing a lot of harassing. And I, I yeah. hesitate calling it bullying. 
I call it harassing more than anything because realistically yeah. bullying is is is, uh, is is as much of a label as PTSD is, as AIDS yes. is. Those don't well, actually again, exist, bully, people. Bully, there bullying are other, is intimidating there are or threatening. Those. Yeah, bullying is a syndrome, but the harassment and the physical threats and the the mental threats, those are the actual things. And so that's what I like to call it. On online, it's pure harassment. And I can see people that are doing just point blank harassment, what we call trolls. I'll see who it is. And I'll go up there yeah. and I will click over that little arrow that's off up, up in the upper right-hand corner of their little comments. And it says, block this user. Yeah, I love that. Love that I blocked Greatest that. Greatest feature ever. I block that, and I don't get to see their vitriol in the comments anymore. Nope. And when somebody else starts doing it, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. They've got to do it four or five times before I will go block them, but I will block them because they're, they have demonstrated in several yeah. threads of comments that they have nothing of value to add except hate. And I, I'm sorry, I don't like that. I, no, I, I don't either. I've thought very seriously about doing things that when people start to say that they're anti-Trump, blocking those people too, because come on, I'm a Trump supporter, but yes, I are. don't push it down people's throats. No, so why don't. should I have them? Why should I have them push their anti-Trump down my throat? But I let that one go because that's politically oriented and politics is an is is an amazing form of entertainment. So, oh, it I, can be, can it? I let, it, I let it go. I let it go. But when somebody comes on there and starts using dropping f bombs and and throwing out the 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 hate and the uh, calling you know making somebody doing their best to be what what's the next level beyond obnoxious? You know, once they've reached Awful. that level, that's that block block occurs yeah. <laughs> no boom i don't want that there's obnoxious right so like jeremy my husband <laughs> so remember in the movie finding nemo where nemo first goes to school and the kids are like hey what's going on with this little fin right and they, you know, I, and they find that, I find those shows obnoxious i don't watch those Okay, well, so there's this little part, you know, when he goes to school and they, because I have a six-year-old, trust me, I've seen Finding Nemo a million times, right? And there's this little part <laughs> it's like where, they, the you know, they talk about Nemo's little fin and they, they call it his special twin. And this one, you know, the little seahorse is like, I'm H2O intolerant. And he sneezes, right? And that girl goes, and the little girl, um, um, octopus is like one of my tentacles a little, a little bit smaller but you can't tell when I twirl right and it's really cute and then this other fish is like my dad says I'm obnoxious <laughs> Jeremy actually told me one time we were sitting there watching it with Ian again and he looked over at me he goes that's your spirit animal right? <laughs> your spirit animal oh my he goes, that obnoxious fish is your spirit animal. So whenever anyone uses the word obnoxious, I actually think about that now. That's like, cool. That's funny. It's so ridiculous. But so obnoxious is not like obnoxious is just that. It's just somebody who kind of grates on you. And or like finding Nemo, you find it obnoxious because, well, you don't have a little kid anymore. So, you know, it's not like you guys are going to 
purposefully go out and see these movies. Um, no, trust me, uh, I find some of these kids' movies to be a little obnoxious, right? You know, I'm like, oh, yay, I get to go and see this. Joy. After watching um, Aladdin for the 200th, maybe 300th time, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're like, I'm, I'm done with of, you, Aladdin. You got to go. Uh, yeah. You got to go. Does the, does the movie have the Disney logo on it? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Ian wants to go and see Cars 3, and I'm just like, okay. And I know it's going to be good, but okay, but getting, you know, but so that's what, you know, so what, what, do I, what did I say to Ian, you know, like that day, right, as he got off the bus, and he's sitting there crying, and he's so upset. So the first thing I did was I, I comforted my son, right, because he's five, he's crying. He needs comfort. His dad is deployed. He's got a lot of things going on. And, and I asked him, do you want mommy to say something to your teacher? Because I thought, you know what, this is a really great, a great lesson right now where I can say to him, you know, I can be there and you can say something to your teacher tomorrow. And I will be there holding your hand or mommy can do it for you, right? Because Mm -hmm. at the same time, I have to teach him how to stand up for himself. I don't know if it's the the right way isn't the best phrase, but I need for him to know how to, to advocate for himself, I guess, to stand up for himself a little bit, you know, not like let's pick a fight with someone who's twice my size who will seriously pummel me into the ground. No, that's, that's not what I'm teaching him. I want him to know that he can go and tell someone and say something to someone and that is a, somebody he can trust, right? A, another adult in his life, right? So, you know, I wanted him to know that. And he said, you know, I want you to say something, mommy, because I, I'm, you know, I, I want you to say something. I was like, okay. And it's interesting. I remember when um, I learning that lesson on asking him what he would like for me to do. I learned that from a friend of mine who works in early childhood education. Um, and now she's getting her PhD actually in early childhood education. And she has um, a, a son on the spectrum and he had something going on at school and she called it, you know, I can't remember how she phrased it exactly. And she asked him, "Is do you need for me, you know, is this a hard, you know, is this, is this a hard, is this hard? Do you need from, you know, is this like a hard no? Do you need for me to go in and say something, right? And, you know, most of the time her son was able to, you know, say something to the teacher and explain what was going on or say something, you know, to the bus driver or whatever, right? But there were those times where her son would say, mom, I need, I need you to step in, you know? And I think it's important for as a mother, as a you know, as a parent, I want it. I want Ian to see me standing up for him, but at the same time, I want him to also see that if he is in the wrong, I will look over at him and say, "Hey, yeah, that's not good. You're not going to behave that way either." You know what I'm well, saying? Like I'm, he's not an angel that does no wrong. Uh, 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 I don't. I don't buy into that either. Right. 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 right exactly. Well, it's like 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 so, like so, my youngest. You know, so it's a that's a huge that's a tough area though. You know what I'm saying, Dave? With parents, it's like one of those areas where you're like, okay, let me not screw this one up. <laughs> well, my youngest, my youngest was uh, he's not uh, he's not a mean kid, but he had you know three older brothers that 
liked to, you know, let's sit on him and, you know, yeah. be show brotherly love. And well, in the process, that man and, and and because he's um he's a little on the um I we we we've we've thought that he probably is a high level autistic, high functioning autistic, but we're not going to take him to the doctor to find out because that'll just, you know, the stigma on that is just a little too much because when, I mean, as soon as you dip into the spectrum, autistic spectrum and show that, then you, you know, you're labeled. And oh, it, yes. it labeling can get, kids is tough. Labeling, labeling people get, is tough. It can get tough. So, you know, there's, yeah. we've never, we've never gone to have him, uh, checked out and he's for all intents and purposes has grown past it. I'm not going to say grown out of it because he is definitely that, that, you know, he's a very focused individual, <clears throat> but where I'm getting at is, is that he, uh, he, he, he stood there many times as a young, young kid and told somebody, stop. I don't like that. Basically. Monotone. No, listen, basically monotone stop i don't like that then he would step up to them and saying stop i don't like that and let the other kid punch him in which oh, case not he would, good. in which case he would turn around and end it okay oh. the, the last time um he ended up um he ended up uh getting caught on tape it did not show the other kid throwing the first punch but it showed him breaking the kid's nose Huh. So we pulled him out. We had to pull him out of school. Yeah. So for those of you that think that to teach your kid that it's okay to finish a fight, better make sure that your kid is got an emotional background in them, the yes. a, a stability in that emotional, because like with high level autistics, they're not necessarily emotional at all. Yes. And he just there needs responded to be some with, compassion and understanding, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, he could have, he could have, you know, the, the kid could have punched him. And then like I told him many, many times did, since, and I but... told him, I said, you just need to make sure that you need to know where the cameras are. Do not get caught on camera yes. because I know I'm not going to convince him not to do this. He's already filed it away and this is appropriate. And he's right. It is appropriate because that's one way you can influence somebody not to do that again is to hurt them. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yes. And well, so, and so Ian, Ian is running into a kid. Um, but don't teach at, your kids that, people. Don't teach them. Yeah. Don't teach them that. Ian is running into a kid at camp. That what he does is very <clears throat> interesting. What this kid does, um, it's very manipulative in a strange way. So this kid will ask other kids to do things for him like hey you should go and throw those rocks over there at that other kid oh okay that seems like fun you know and it's <laughs> very interesting and very manipulative almost very puppet mastery right yeah um and i'm just like wow and so he came home and he was like oh so and so you know Child A asked child B to throw rocks at me. And I, and I asked him, well, what did you do? And he goes, I went to the teacher and let them know. I was like, good. That's what you need to do. You know, I mean, I hate, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of telling, but at the same time, when it comes time to throwing rocks and somebody else is 
encouraging you to do that? Fact. You need to. You need to have the, the. You're not going to end up with with kids that have the ability to be individuals if you don't let them be individuals. Yes, exactly. And here's the thing. As we just saw in the case in Massachusetts, encouraging that kind of behavior is going to get you into a heap of trouble. Did you hear about that case in Massachusetts where the girl was texting her boyfriend to commit suicide and, and he did? So, I did not. Yeah, it's a really interesting not. case. What's that? Well, let's 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 talk about that a little bit more. On the flip side, here we need to do a quick commercial break. Oh, yep. When I'm with the fleet, I'm known as Petty Officer Lopez. But at home, honey, can you get this down for me? I'm just Tony, and that's fine with me. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. All right, we're back on Spouse Spouse Episode 48, No One Likes a Bully. It's me and Susan chatting it out, and you're welcome to call in, those of you that are listening now, 323-870-4358. Get you right into the queue. We'll bring you right on. I can handle, I think, up to 10 callers at the same time. So please call in. Have some fun. Oh, and we also have the little chat room that's uh, attached to it. So if you click on the link, uh, the Blog Talk Radio link, you can go down to the bottom and find the chat room and join in on the chat. Um, you were talking about how a young lady convinced her boyfriend to commit yes, suicide. Yeah, so here it is. Oh, man. This is because um, so the the verdict, the judgment came down ago, right? And so here is two years ago, right? And she encouraged her boyfriend to commit suicide. Damn. One teen urging another to kill himself. But the texts were not sent by a school bully. They were from his girlfriend. The love of his life. Quote, you can't think about it. You just have to do it. You said you were going to do it. Like, I don't get why you aren't. This is what she wrote in the text, right? And so he killed himself. The young man killed himself through carbon monoxide poisoning. Apparently, from the case, she actually heard him screaming to for help, and she didn't make any calls to get him help. Uh, she still continued to encourage him to follow through. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So she was charged with involuntary manslaughter for this young man's death in 2014, and she was just recently found guilty. Wow. Yeah. So this will be interesting with cases like this where we see where kids um, send these threatening text messages, because that's in writing. Whether you like it or not, that is in writing, where they send threatening text messages like this, or they post videos now, because this is what happens. I I remember, Dave, when I was in college, and um, I was in in, um, my adolescent psychology class, and this really interesting case, this really 
it, it, it was in it was in the process of becoming a case. Had just happened in Wisconsin or Minnesota, one of those two states, and I can't remember. But this mother actually helped her daughter build a fake dating profile for so they could so they could meet quote unquote meet this guy at the school to in it for the sole purpose to bully him and he committed suicide he ended up committing suicide because of course when it was revealed who it was and what they were doing the you know the shame the the just all the kids making fun of him, everything like that, right? Um, he ended up committing suicide. And the the local police actually charged the mother as well, right? And she's like, well, what did I do? Um, seriously, lady, think about it. You helped you helped your daughter out. What do, you, what do you think you did? Grow up. You're the adult. You should have stopped your kid from behaving that way. Instead, you sat down next to her, pulled up a chair and sat down, and you're like, ooh, how can I help? This is fun. Really? That's your definition of a time? I would hate to see what your definition is of a bad time. You know, like, mm. let me never spend time with you guys, right? Um, right? So it's, you know, come on. That's the other thing, too, is that when we're talking about children, we have to make sure that, as I was saying before the commercial break, if Ian misbehaves, that's too. You know, I'm going to address that. He is, I'm not saying that he's the most perfect child on the planet, because he isn't. He has his flaws, just like everybody does. But I have to also teach him to say no at first, you know, like stop throwing rocks at me. And if they don't stop, then he has to take it to the next step, which is going to the teacher. Right, so and so right. is throwing rocks at me. I've asked them to stop. Did you know did you know that there are no federal laws that apply to bullying? I believe it. I There's believe not. it. And the reason why is because like I was saying earlier in the, the show, bullying is a syndrome because so much is lumped under the term bullying that yep. bullying doesn't exactly exist as such. But here is what you can, what the, 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 the various things that the federal laws do say is conduct that is severe, persuasive, and persistent. There are laws against that. There's laws against conduct that it creates a hostile environment at school. That is, it sufficiently, is sufficiently serious that it interferes with the limits of a student's ability to participate in or benefit from the school's services, activities, or opportunities offered by a school, which, by the way, the Department of Education is required these are civil civil rights laws they are mm -hmm. required to do something about them to enforce them um schools are obligated uh to address conduct that is based on a student's race color national origin sex disability or religion now it doesn't exactly fall under a, a federal law for yes. religion specifically, but the Title IV of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, uh, it will help you help it. They can have religious based harassment um, yes. considered shared on the ancestry of ethnic characteristics. Huh. So that part is covered. So in other okay. words, they, if, if, I guess, 
Well, I can't think of any good examples on that one. Um, and then the <laughs> jurisdiction Department of Justice has jurisdiction over religion under Title IV uh, for the civil rights of 1964. So <clears throat> how can they do this and how will they do this? You've got a school that fails to respond appropriately to harassment of students based on protective classes may be violating one or more civil rights enforced by Department of Education, including Title IV and Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 64, Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 73, Titles II and Titles III of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and then the entire Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, also known as IDEA. So that's the ones that they have to enforce. Um, LGBT youth are covered under Title IX and Title VI. Well, let's see. Title IX and Title VI do not prohibit discrimination based solely on sexual orientation, but they do protect all students, including students who are LGBT or perceived to be LGBT from sex based harassment. And it goes into some detail as to what's the difference between sex based and sexual orientation. Those are two different realms that too many people will lump together or mislabel. Mislabel. I think mislabel is such a great way to say it. I think we see a lot of that. So since we're coming down to what, like the last, uh, what, 20 minutes minutes. of our show? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I found uh, from two years ago, a military times article about cyberbullying or bullying in general. And there's a website, stopbullying.gov. I will check in just a couple minutes to see if that website is still out. What can you do? A military spouse was interviewed by the military times who had been cyber bullied. And, um, and so this is what, you know, this is what the website actually states. Cyberbullying.gov states, you should report cyberbullying to law enforcement if it involves, one, threats of violence, two, sexually mm-hmm. explicit messages or photos, three, photos or video taken of someone in a place where the individual normally wouldn't would expect privacy for stalking and hate crimes. Okay. So interesting, huh? It is. It is. So I mean, do you remember what was it a couple years ago or last year? I can't remember the exact date, where the girl was in the gym, the fit was at her gym in the locker room and she took that picture of the older woman and then made all these comments. Yes, right. That was a, that was the, um, that was the uh, adult industry magazine magazine yeah. centerfold that, you know, said, I cannot unsee this. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And she still um, doesn't believe she did anything wrong. No, she doesn't, but boy, she sure did get some, years backlash didn't she (laughs) yeah the best backlash that she could possibly get occurred and that was she lost a lot of her sponsorship so oh she um, lost she lost a lot okay the stopbullying.gov site is still working and it's great this is a really good website what is bullying definition the roles mm -hmm. kids play other types of aggressive behavior then it goes into there's a whole separate tab on cyberbullying what is it how to prevent it how to report it Who's at risk? Yep. 
who is at risk? That's, you know, you have to think about that too. What are the risk, risk factors? What are warning signs, right? How do you prevent, how to talk about it, how to prevent it at school, how to work, mm-hmm. how to prevent it in your community? How do you respond? Stop it on the spot, find out what happens or support kids involved, and how to get help. And you know what I like best about this this particular uh, site is that site. it is it is updated almost daily. Yes. Uh, you find something that needs to be uh, added or corrected or uh, amplified, they they make the corrections. Um, it's a very very good site. Very good. Oh, and look down at the very bottom of it. I don't know why I find this so exciting. Okay, Dave, so work with me. Here. <laughs> down at the very, very bottom, it says language assistance available. That's so cool. I don't see that. Oh, it's way down at the bottom. It's very cool. I'm very excited by that for some reason. I'm like, huh. oh, that's so nice. Because I remember when we were a kid, when I was a kid, when we, like you and I were kids together in the same school. Um, but when I was a kid, uh, children who's, who would come to our schools, if, if they had a parent who was not a native English speaker, that was always very difficult for them, it, especially if they grew up in a bilingual household. And I remember that when I was younger, was meeting kids who grew up in bilingual households. I, first of all, I thought it was really cool, but I remember watching them struggle in school, and that was you know, an area where we had to make sure that there was understanding and compassion, you know, so-and-so, you know, he, you know, the child would say he or she, you know, oh, my, you know, my parents are, my mother or my father is not a native English speaker. So, um, you know, and I thought that, you know, I don't remember hearing kids picked on about that though, but I guess kids are now being picked on about that. Maybe I just really wasn't paying attention. I have no idea. But I mean, that, yeah, there's a there there's a strong possibility that I really was just not paying attention. So I I, I will go with that. Yeah, plus I tended to like everybody, so I was like, I really liked just about everybody, and just wanted to play and have friends. That was me as a kid. Yep, that was funny. Yep. But yeah, this is a really great website, and there are some. You know, this is not easy. Uh, there was a study that was done recently. I wish Ingrid could come on the show really fast, um, Dr. Ingrid Herrera-Yi. And she, um, she shared with me a year or so ago uh, a study that had been done on military children and how they face higher rates of bullying in schools because they do move so much. And they do have such a unique family dynamic with a parent being gone frequently. And if they're not surrounded by large groups of military kids, how it's hard for them to fit in. And you know what? I have to say, I saw that last year with Ian at his school. And surprisingly, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, of all things, he was not in a school that was heavily military impacted. It was, there was, a, there was some of them there, but not many. Um, and I, I, he had this new kid, this new new kid came into school and they had moved from another installation and Ian and that little boy were instantaneous friends and his mom and I were talking one day a few uh gosh probably about three months ago four months ago 
And she said, I think it's funny that my son found the, the other military kid in class. And I said, you know, it's, I found that interesting, too, that, that Ian's, Ian's you know, friend, one of his closest friends in school, is also another military kid. They just gravitated towards each other, right? Wow. Yeah. And, um, I mean, and it was just this unspoken little bond between the, the two of them in first grade, right? And I thought, well, that's really interesting. And even the teacher noticed that. And she, his teacher is also a military, Ian's uh, first grade teacher is a military spouse. And she noticed that too, is that her military kids throughout the years would always find each other within the first few weeks of school. They just knew. And she said, but there's something about that. These, they want to find someone that they identify with who understands what they're going through. And I thought, you're right. You know what? That's, that's something to be said. Kids especially our military kids, that's something that they, they need. That's what they, that's their community. You know, that's their very extended family. And they need that. It's, it's just that bond that they, that they desire, that they don't even know that they desire it, but it's just that that's where they fit in the most, right? Mm-hmm. Ian loves going on post and being around the other military kids. Uh, he, he loves it. He thinks it's fun to go up there and be around other military kids. He's actually mad at us that we don't live in housing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he said to me last year, he was like, it makes me mad that we don't live in housing, mommy. And I was like, I'm sorry. He goes, they have playgrounds everywhere. I was like, okay, thank you. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry I let you down. <laughs> That's funny. Because I, I grew up in housing as a kid, and he was right. There were playgrounds everywhere. And we always said there was always someone at the playground. There were always friends around. There was always, you know, we were always there together and caring for each other. It was really cool. And well, look I loved who's it. At, look who's at the door. Who's at the door? It's Dr. Lee, or Dr. Yi. <laughs> I was just talking about you. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I willed this into, like, being were you listening? No. Okay. <laughs> I just got pinged by uh, the fabulous Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Did I make this happen? You guys remember, I'm still coming down off pain meds, so that really would have just, that kind of messed with my head. Don't mess with me like that, you two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw Ingrid was on, and so I just, I said, you know, hey, what? Let me just, let me, let me, let me just. Uh, uh, ping Dr. Yee here and see if she can come on. We're talking uh, about how nobody yes. likes a bully. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No one does like a bully. And, uh, you know, in in the Millstoff world, in the civilian world, in our kids' world, doesn't matter. Uh, they just all, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to be professional, but they just suck. <laughs> They do. <laughs> and they're everywhere. It's not just the military community. We're not just special. No, no, no. This is not just a military thing. Bullies are everywhere, unfortunately. Yeah, they really are. And um, we got a taste of that when my son went viral, you know, mm-hmm. um, because bullies online are especially uh, difficult to deal with because, you know, they're not looking at you face to face. They They feel no. somehow emboldened by the fact that, it's anonymous. Um, so, uh, you know, that one experience with my son was just, I already knew about bullying because my kids are on the autism spectrum and they've been dealing with it their whole life. Um, but uh, and this was just a whole new level. Oh, yeah. And what was really crazy. weird, 
what was really weird is, you know, reviewing back and seeing the, the, the whole exchange about what the vice president did, uh, it was so blown out of proportion. I mean, your boy was perfect. Was I mean, he was amazing. <laughs> You know, uh, excuse me, sir, but uh, I think you owe me an apology. And, and the vice president turned right around. So well, I am so sorry. I mean, it's it's yeah, not like it was fine on both they, ends. They, they, yeah, you could totally tell that he's a dad with kids and that he's done. You know, like you could you could so see that Vice President Pence was okay with that. And yeah, I don't know. I thought he was very respectful. I thought both parties were very respectful. It was our yeah. it was our media out there that were playing bullies. They well, it wasn't created. just it was people making comments. Like I saw someone make a comment. They were like, "Well, no child should demand a a an apology yeah. from an adult." And I was like, "Say what?" Yeah, yeah but you know how yeah. they did that. There were that. adults that were wishing that harm, physical harm on my son. Yeah, there were like, Wait, it wasn't what? just the media. It was it was the yeah. trolls that really got. The trolls the did not Dave come out. The, the trolls, the trolls, did not come out from underneath the bridge until the media blew it out of proportion. It gave oh. them fuel. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they it thought. Okay, so I think it. at first the media thought it was very cute because it was. It was a cute experience, yes. right? And then yes. it turned out that it, if it had stopped at cute exchange, that, that would have been, been great. Fine. But it didn't. It's when it no. kept going, you know, it was it was when the out from underneath the bridge, as you said, Dave, that's when things got bad. Because I think I, I, I'm not just going to say that it's only the media. I think the media reported what should have been a nice feel good story. I think they thought they were doing mm-hmm. something nice with a cute little feel good story. A kid and the vice president, they're very cute together. They hug. Yay. Look at that. Hugs. Yeah. Everyone loves hugs. It's like liking puppies. Everyone and then slowly, it. both sides began. Uh, obviously, you know, on the right, I won't mention them, but you know, they definitely took it way too far. But other um, media outlets politicized it too. Either yes. pro, yes, you know, he was he was suddenly pro, you know, certain a certain side that was against the president and, and the vice president, and was like, um, he has absolutely zero uh, political leanings, <laughs> left or right. Um, so it, it, you know, it slowly yeah. started taking that, you know, going that way. Um, and the bullying started yep. to get really, really I thought bad. you were so brilliant on CNN, by the way. I just thought, oh, oh my goodness, that's my girl. That's my friend. I love her. She's like, she's my, you know, she's my, she's my milk spouse sister. Good for you, hon. Because I thought that was, you just handled yourself beautifully. You, you, I mean, you stopped it. You stopped it dead in its tracks. You called it out. That's you how you deal with something. bullies. You call it out, and you don't you don't go down to their level. Trust no. me when I tell you that inside I was screaming. Oh, I know. Uh, inside, I, know. I wanted to just jump through the TV and throat punch somebody. I remember but, you and I. You know, you and I talked I about very... that. Be- <laughs> you and I talked about that before you did the interview, and if I remember correctly, that's one of the things we talked about: is is how are you going to do this with an even flow and to come across professionally and you know I, mm-hmm. I and then I was on tooth you know I'm biting my nails wondering how is it you know you're right if I was in that position I don't know what I would do I don't know how I would respond and then I watched you come across brilliantly and it's like oh, that's my girl yeah how do you <laughs> how do you deal with bullies like on a national scale like that I I just decided that you know what it was not I was 
I was there to speak for my son, and my son is yeah. not political. You know, no. my son uh, did not deserve to be bullied, and I needed to make it clear that, um, you know, I wasn't, uh, because they kept referring to us as snowflakes, you know, and that was the bullying word they termed that they used against oh, us. And I said, well, I, I'm sick of that word. <laughs> and I said to myself, this is just, it, this is not okay, and I cannot bring this conversation down to the, their level because they will come back again at me. And because mm-hmm. I kept it very neutral, very focused on my son, not just military kid, not just kid on autism yes. spectrum, but just kids, um, yeah. they were forced to apologize. And yes. they did. They did. They sure did. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's the thing is that we, you know, you know, they say, the, the old thing is, what is it, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt. The yeah. thing is, is names do hurt. That's the thing. Yeah, they do. They really they do. do. And, Ingrid, when you called it out so beautifully like that, you didn't stoop to a level, but you called it out and you said, no, your behavior is wrong. You are the mm-hmm. adult and you should know better. Yeah. You are an adult picking on mm-hmm. a child. And you're using right. a term right now that you think is an acceptable name-calling term, and it's not. First of all, now, Snowflake has been ruined forever. Now when I look at yeah. the snow, I'm going to be sad, okay? Like, whoever <laughs> took it and used it. Because I like catching snowflakes on my tongue with my kid, yeah, right? Well, now well, I'm sad about that, okay? you're so going trolls landing on your tongue, yeah, now I'm going to think <laughs> something terrible, okay? So there's that. <sighs> but it's more than that. It's it's just, wow, come on, stop. We've got bigger fish to fry, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got bigger things to worry about. It was a cute exchange. You know, I was talking to my husband about this, and I said, you know, that comment about children shouldn't demand an apology. And he looked at me, and he goes, well, what do you, what? he goes, who says that? He goes, you step on your kid's toe, you apologize. It hurts them. Mm-hmm. You you hurt their feelings by something that you said. And which is it? Because done, when they talk about snowflakes, they talk. And which is it? Because when they talk about snowflakes, they're, they're pretty much implying that you're weak. So yes. if you're standing up for yourself, how is that snowflake behavior? Exactly. Well, it just, it doesn't way, make sense. A whole bunch of snowflakes together can form avalanches. And my understanding yeah. of snowflake, <laughs> yeah. I've always associated the term snowflakes with the the the, the hippy dippy people from the '60s. You know, the flower <laughs> children, the ones that used to run around uh, barefoot and handing out daisies, going "Make love, not war." Now those are snowflakes. <laughs> and a snowflake okay. is pretty, but melts. A snowflake is uh, is nice to have around. It is fun to watch, and uh, but thank goodness it doesn't last long because you can walk away from them because they're they're in their own psychedelic little world. To me, that's what a snowflake. But these labels, is. but these labels. But just this one got blown out bully. of proportion. Snowflake yeah. has been abused to the point that I it's have. saying anybody different. I mean, and it's a good thing they thing. didn't use the word. It's a good thing they didn't words use the the you know the, the um, rainbow gas or anything like that uh, because then the LGBT nation would get all uptight and upset. So yeah, they had to pick something something innocuous that goes back to the 60s, goes back to the hippie realm, and 
snowflakes. So yeah, it's a bit yeah, ruined I, from life. I'm so over that term. I'm so over. And and that's the thing is that it resorts. We immediately resort to threatening behavior. Not we, the three of us, mm-hmm. but I see it in society now. Is immediately resorting to threatening behavior if you disagree with someone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Holy bananas. I mean, good grief. Talk about you know. And these labels, these stereotypes. My goodness. Yeah. And these stereotypes, these labels, they allow people to dehumanize, um, you know, their target. So, you know, or I hate this one, libtard, Um, you know, the things that people (laughs) use to bully, yeah, to bully um, others, you know, by labeling them something, it totally negates who they are as an individual. It lumps them together into this group, um, which is done with race and ethnicity and religion. Yep. And it's not okay. It dehumanizes no. them, and it, and it makes, you know, those who are perpetrating the bullying, you know, feel like they're justified and somehow and okay with, um, because it fits this, this vision that they have of the person. And, um, you know, it's wrong. We're all individuals. And, well, we're almost and out of time. Is, yeah. Yeah. So we have we, we about can... a minute left, Ingrid, and I wanted to say thank you for coming on. And uh, bring you back. <laughs> we're gonna have to bring you back though, because I want to cool. talk about <laughs> mental health stuff, and I want to talk about yeah. everything that you're doing again. Plus, I've always I've wanted you on the show pretty much for the last year, so <laughs> I'm happy to come back. Oh, I love you, Ingrid! Yay! Hey, Dave. <laughs> Is that gonna be hey, next Dave. week? Yes. Hey. See you next uh... week. But thank you. This has been. A really awesome show. Thank you very much, my friend. Mm-hmm. Sure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay! Yeah, it was cool, huh? Well, yeah. Susan, you did good. We'll see you so next week. Thank you, my friend. And you know, I got, you know, I got, I got a special place in my heart for you, Dave. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the only podcast worthy of all military spouses, Spouse Spouts, with Susan Reynolds and Dave Etter. May the rest of your day, your week, your you time be better time after spending this time with us. Until next time, coffee on. Coffee on.